Scripture reading, Luke verse, Luke 1, verse 39, chapter 55. In those days, Mary set out and went with the haste of Judean, town in the hill country, where she entered the house of that tree and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her room, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are young women, and blessed in the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in the womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on loneliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has, he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. That was a long one. Good job. Good job. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. All right, I have a question for you. I would love for you to answer out loud, popcorn style. What's your favorite thing about Christmas? Snow. 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 Poor Jamie Lee. Snow. What else? Lights. Presents. Family. Christmas songs. Food. Eggnog. It's a wonderful life. Home alone. Home alone. Elf. Time off work, said Steve. Come on. Other work. Okay, that's fine. That works. That works. No school, right? A little downtime. Yep. There are so many good things about Christmas time. I actually asked this question a couple of weeks ago at our Advent study. We have an Advent study on Wednesday evenings where we're looking at this book. The Heart That Grew Three Sizes. And um, there was almost a revolt among the people. They were like, one thing, Sandy? There's not just one thing. There's so many favorites with Christmas. You named them all. I've always personally been particularly fond of lights. I think Steve said that here in the front, first thing. Maybe it stems from experiences growing up of my dad standing back from the Christmas tree, kind of squinting his eyes and going, 
there's a dark spot there. We need more lights. Or family trips um, in the car, getting all bundled up, getting in the car, driving to the big town of Abilene and searching for homes that had light displays and singing Christmas carols in the dark night. Even now, I will take a side street home if I know I'm going to drive by a house with Christmas lights. And I live close to the streets at South Glen, and I drive through it every time I go by. i got to go down that main drag so I can see all the lights, whether I have business to do there or not. I turn on my Christmas tree and lit garland very first thing in the morning, and there is nothing better than sitting in the evening, kind of snuggled on the couch, watching a Christmas movie, listening to music, reading all to the glow of Christmas lights. It makes me think that we are pretty lucky to live in a time where it is so easy to chase away the darkness. Just a flip of a switch or plug in some lights in and the shadows disappear, the monsters crawl back in their dark crevices, and our comfort is assured. It hasn't always been that way, of course. For the majority of the centuries that humans have walked this earth, the dark has been overwhelming and not nearly so easy or so efficient or so safe to chase it away. In our scripture, we hear the story of Mary arriving at Elizabeth's house. This is early on in the Gospel of Luke. Before Jesus is born, Mary is with child, and she's going to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who also, she hears, is with child, which is also kind of a surprise and a miracle because Elizabeth is so old. We don't really know how old, but I think she's probably at least 45. Um, how I would feel if I were with child at the moment. Oh my goodness. When Mary arrives at Elizabeth's house, there's a series of oracles that are revealed. And I use the, the word oracles because that's what I found in my Bible study material. <laughs> so I'm not just pulling that out of the air. Um, the New Interpreter's Bible says there are these series of, of oracles, these four oracles that happen, these proclamations, these prophecies almost, that are happening when Mary comes to Elizabeth's house. The first is that Elizabeth blesses Mary. Blessed are you among women. Then Elizabeth proclaims Mary as the mother of my Lord. Then... The baby leaps in Elizabeth's womb, and she is filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Elizabeth exalts Mary for her faith. So these four oracles, these four major things that happen that say, this is a special moment. Then Mary responds with this song of praise, what we often hear called the Magnificat. It's an acknowledgement of what God is doing for Mary's people and for all people. It's a reordering of the world, the bringing of a kingdom of plenty and equality. It's the restoration of all of those who have been oppressed. What is coming is salvation. 
Now, Mary would have grown up in a tradition that knew these words from the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mary would have been steeped in this generational tradition of expecting that God really would send a savior to the people. She would have clung closely to the hope and promise that someday the world would be right again. She would have believed to her core that God would deliver the people Israel. Funny, every year I see this hot debate on social media around the Christmas song, Mary, Did You Know? Some of my uh, more theological friends are like, yes, she knew. Have you read the Magnificat? Of course she knew. She knew that this was more than just a small new family welcoming a baby, which would have been a miracle in and of itself. But Mary knew there was something much bigger going on here. In our Advent book that I've been reading with some of you, um, the author Matt Rawl writes this. God is doing something remarkable in the background that we must understand. Israel had been a divided kingdom, Israel in the north and Judea in the south. So when Mary and Elizabeth meet, it is a sign that God is uniting a divided people. Theologically, the kingdom is being restored. Not only that, Elizabeth is married to Zechariah, a priest and keeper of the law. Mary, as we have seen, is being presented as a prophet in her own right. So not only is this meeting of Mary and Elizabeth a unification of the old kingdom, it's a coming together of the law and the prophets. Not only that, but God is doing this through two women who had no children. And in the ancient world, a woman's value was centered on her ability to bear children. Elizabeth was old and thought to be barren. Mary was not yet married and was a virgin. Yet through these two women and their miraculous children, God is unifying the kingdom, uniting the law and the prophets, and bringing hope for God's people into the world. Because the world is a dark place. And that darkness exists, that darkness that exists, it's wide and powerful. It's the illness that affects our loved ones. It's the bills that pile up while endless commercials urge us to spend. It's the broken relationships that squeeze our hearts. And it's the mistakes and regrets that haunt our sleep. 
but it's bigger to this darkness. It's in systems that oppress and people that are hungry and families with no homes and no hope. It's attitudes, it's prejudices that harm others. Sometimes the darkness seems so big that the light seems like a mere pinprick. In our Advent study this last week, the author was talking about blind spots. The idea that we see the world through lots of different lenses, some of that being our own experience or the place that we grew up or what our gender is or what our family is like. And sometimes we don't see everything as clearly as maybe we should. And those are our blind spots. And often in our lives, there come along opportunities that could shed a little light on our assumptions if we let it. This book that I've been referring to, our Advent study, The Heart That Grew Three Sizes, so you can kind of guess what story it's about, right? I talked about it a few weeks ago. It's about the Grinch who stole Christmas. And for the Grinch, Rawl suggests, the moment where there could be some light shed on this whole situation is the moment where the Grinch is stealing all of Christmas and he's in Cindy Lou Who's house and she comes down the stairs and she says, why? Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why? And the Grinch, so caught up in the act of stealing Christmas from those who's to teach them a lesson, he doesn't take the opportunity to see that in trying to destroy the holiday for those hated who's, he's actually becoming the villain instead. So light not only brings abiding hope, but it also uncovers. Have you ever spilled something in the evening, think that you cleaned it up really well, and then the light of day you realize, oh, I did not clean that up well. That's a thing about light. It can be warm and harsh. It can be comforting and uncomfortable. Mary's song is not this sweet ditty about how happy everyone is going to be with this new baby. It's a song of resistance and upheaval, of upsetting those in power in order to create a world that is more as God would have it. It's not always about hiding from the darkness, but also looking for it in ourselves. It's about turning our heads to really look into those blind spots that sometimes benefit us and seeing with eyes wide open and knowing that in all of it, in the struggles and in the growing pains in the upheaval of our very lives, God is with us, Emmanuel the light of the world. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.